guys, good Friday afternoon. I'm Jerry Miller. Welcome to the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. Great to connect with you through the I Love Seville network from downtown Charlottesville. Today's show presented by Scott Wagner of Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine. Who's got your back? Dr. Wagner of Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine undoubtedly has your back. So yesterday we talked movie theater news and we were, you know, folks were dismayed as some were angry, some were perplexed and shocked, but by now you know um, the movie theater in the shops of Stonefield piecing out, closing, financial difficulties, financial trouble. Um, we talked yesterday how this will impact the shopping center, how it will impact restaurant tenants, um, retail tenants that are adjacent to the movie theater and rely on the movie theater for walk-by traffic and for, for customer interest. Uh, we, we, we brainstormed or we discussed how this could impact price points. If you don't have a movie theater in there, the shopping center doesn't have nearly the draw or the allure or the sex appeal. Does that mean rent could drop in what is Charlottesville and Central Virginia's most expensive rent district, the shops of Stonefield? Shops of uh, Stonefield, marginally more expensive than Barracks Road Shopping Center, but, but more expensive. So we kind of had this... We asked all the right questions. We relayed the news to you first, and then we spent time taking a deep dive on the right questions. I would think the restaurants are going to struggle if the movie theater closes. You guys would agree with me. I would think the restaurant, the uh, shopping center has less appeal if the movie theater closes. You guys would agree with me. We're in agreement this is the second most important tenant from an anchor tenant standpoint, first being Trader Joe's, the grocery store. You're in agreement with me. I want to ask more questions on this storyline and topic because it has impacts to the local economy, it impacts other businesses in Stonefield, and frankly speaking, it impacts families and quality of life. So here's the question I have. Is the movie theater and the shops of Stonefield a very expensive rent district. Is that movie theater, does it have the most expensive monthly rent in all of Central Virginia? All of Charlottesville, all of Albemarle County, anywhere in a 300,000 person market, is the monthly rent at the movie theater in the shops of Stonefield the highest or the most expensive of any business in Central Virginia? That's a, a topic I wanna to talk about today on the show. I want you, the viewer and listener, to offer suggestions or ideas of what businesses could be more expensive, uh, could be paying a higher rent. Like really, I only see this being, Katie Pearl, hello, Vanessa Parkhill, hello, Aaron King, hello. I only see Judah, and we can weave you in into a two-shot now if we can. I only seeing the grocery stores, my friend, as, as being um, paying more rent. I mean, maybe you make an argument for, like, the hotels. Yeah, but they probably... I'm curious of how many of the hotels actually own the hotel and the real estate. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Um, certainly more hotels are owning their real estate in Amar County and Charlottesville City than grocery stores. So I think we're safe to say the highest rent of anybody that's paying rent... Any business in Central Virginia has got to be what? Maybe like a Costco 
Probably Costco. The Harris Teeter and Barracks Road is ginormous. I would imagine we'd have to think about the high rent districts like Barracks Road Shopping Center yeah. to compete with the movie theater rent at the shops of Stonefield. We did a little research on this. You in particular did some research on this. Can you relay some of the facts that you found? We know the movie theater at the shops of Stonefield is 65,000 square feet. 65,000 square feet in size. Let's try to compare the movie theater's 65,000 square foot footprint with what you have found. I mean, I don't have a whole lot, but we've got Wegmans at 120,000 square feet. So that's uh, quite a bit larger than, than the, uh, the Regal. And Costco, I couldn't find an exact number, but when they were, uh, I found several articles talking about when they were originally planning on building it. And uh, estimates run from 148,000 to 155,000 for how big it would eventually be. I mean, the largest business, square foot, highest price tag, rent. It's got to be the Teeter Barracks Road, Costco, or the Kroger Barracks Road. Fifth Street Station, where Wegmans is, and where Alamo Draft House, yes, it's high rent, but that rent, the, the price per square foot, does not compare to Barracks Road. Trader Joe's is smaller in size than Harris Teeter. So while Trader Joe's is an island unit, it's removed from the shopping center itself. It's an Island Pad, Trader Joe's. And while Island Pad commercial real estate is usually more expensive and carries a higher price per square foot, I think Trader Joe's price, I think Trader Joe's total spend in rent is going to be less than Harris Teeter despite being an Island Pad. Why I say that is because Teeter is considerably larger than Trader Joe's. Yeah. So I think... Definitely. Teeter's paying more per rent. So maybe you can make a legitimate argument. Is the other grocery store in in Barracks Road Shopping Center Kroger? Yeah, there's a Kroger and the Harris Teeter. Okay. I I think the Harris Teeter's in in a better spot than the Kroger at Barracks Road. So I think the price per square foot at Harris Teeter versus Kroger, it's more expensive at Teeter. I also kind of feel like, and and viewers and listeners, what what are your thoughts on this? Which do you think is larger? Do you think the Kroger at Barracks Road is larger than the Harris Teeter at Barracks Road? Which of those two grocery stores is larger? Teeter is massive, is it not? And isn't Teeter in a more prominent spot in the shopping center than Kroger? I don't know. Kroger's right on the end. So you're saying because of the access to Barracks Road and the quick exit from the parking lot that maybe that's a sexier and more expensive per square foot location than teeter teeter's on the other end yeah teeter's is over by uh by old navy and i mean i think those are the top three right there and i think all three costco kroger barracks road and harris teeter barracks road i think the costco the harris teeter barracks road and the kroger barracks road are paying more in total per month in rent than the stonefield movie theater I think the Stonefield Movie Theater is probably in the top 
10. You would think Wegmans is paying more per month than the Stonefield movie theater because it's considerably larger. Yeah. What else would you say? I don't think Alamo is paying more than the Stonefield movie theater. Alamo's in Fifth Street Station. I think the Stonefield movie theater is paying more than Alamo Draft House. I think the Stonefield movie theater is paying more than um, Violent Crown on the downtown mall. That's surprising. Alamo Draft House is only... Alamo Draft House is not that big. 33,000 square feet. That's what I'm saying. It's not that big. It's not that big. And Fifth Street Station is not nearly as expensive as Stonefield with its, with its rents. <clears throat> really? Stonefield's top, top district. So, I mean, guys, with the, the shops at Stonefield and its movie theater, you're looking at probably a top, a top seven, top eight in central Virginia total spend and rent. The Kroger at Barracks Road is... 47,000. Kroger Barracks Road is only 47,000 square feet. And so I would... I, I, then Shops of Stonefield has got... The movie theater Shops of Stonefield is more than that. Is it really only 47,000? You're certain on that? That's a reliable source? Cite your source, please. I mean, I'm... I'm looking at uh, Seville Tomorrow, a renovation of the 47,000 square foot right. Kroger at Barracks Road. That's Center bona fide. completed at the end of 2013. Okay, shops. Daily Progress. Uh, I got it. Cites the number as well. That's, those are legitimate sources. So I think, based on the research you just did, that Kroger Barracks Road is 47,000 square feet total. And we know Shops of Stonefield Movie Theater is 65,000 square feet total. Then the movie theater has a, a larger spend per month in rent. Yeah. Larger spend. So how about how big is Harris Teeter Barracks Road? Yeah, I've been looking for that. Uh... Harris Teeter Barracks Road strikes me as larger than Kroger Barracks Road. Harris Teeter Charlottesville square feet. Was that what you Googled? Charlottesville, Harris Teeter. Uh, let's see. Looks like Harris Teeter's run about 53,000 square feet to 63,000. So roughly the size of the uh, movie theater. It's been a long time since I've been to that Harris Teeter, but it doesn't strike me as being excessively large. So you, you feel like it's smaller than the theater? It could be. I have no idea. Likely. It yeah, could I, be. I think most likely. I think it, it's probably somewhat comparable to the uh, the, uh, the size of the to theater. The Kroger. To the Kroger in. Then hell, in then maybe the movie theater in Stonefield J Dubs is is more per month than rent. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're looking at Costco. I think Costco so far is. I mean, how many square the, feet did you find on the Costco? Costco was, uh, when they were uh, talking about it possibly being built, uh, the numbers I got were 148,000 and 155,000. So. That's massive. Yeah, that's really big. So we're talking Costco and then maybe that Stonefield movie theater as the most expensive rents in central Virginia. Yeah. And Wegmans. I mean, think about that. It's a big deal this thing is closing. Yeah. It's a big deal for the shops. Oh, it's definitely. a big deal for the entire plaza. It's a big deal for the restaurants across the way. 
where, where patrons were getting booze and beers and wines and ciders and cocktails, appetizers and dinners and desserts before and after movies. It's a big deal for the walk-by traffic to the shops, the, the boutiques. Yeah. It's a big deal from an economic vitality standpoint for Stonefield and all the folks that are tied to that supply chain in some capacity. Yeah. Advertisers. Media. Locality that uses revenue from dining taxes and, and, and lodging taxes and, and um, retail taxes to support its jurisdiction. Almoral. So we're in agreement that Costco is the largest per month rent in Central Virginia. Most expensive monthly rent is Costco. Most likely. I would say most likely. I'd say most likely, too. Hmm. Vanessa Parkhill says, I'd guess Kroger and Barracks is probably larger than Teeter, but I think Teeter is in a better location. So she says Kroger Barracks is larger than Teeter Barracks. But she thinks Teeter's in a better location. I think Teeter's in a better location as well. Carol Thorpe, good afternoon. Um, Lisa Costello says, Teeter next to McDonald's and the post office. Kroger is close to GameStop. Yeah. James Watson says, Dick's, the great outdoor store in Fifth Street Station, is probably pretty high as well from a monthly rent. Hmm. When you say Central Virginia, does that include short pump? I don't include, that's a good question, James. I don't include Central Virginia and short pump. By Central Virginia, I include Louisa County, Orange County, Greene County, um, Nelson County, Fluvanna, Almoral, Charlottesville City. The f- most east I would go for Central Virginia would be Louisa County. That's the most east I would go. I'd say short pump is part of the Richmond market. But that's a good question. And the reason that's a good question is because some of those businesses at the shops of uh, short pump, at, at short pump mall, are paying astronomical rent. Would you make a Dave Norris running for House of Delegates? And did you see Bellamy Brown did a post that he's running on his Facebook page that he's going to run? So yeah. the 54th district... Sally Hudson's seat that opened up because she's challenging Cree deeds. Mm-hmm. This district, Judah, the Democrats alone, we haven't, we, we're not sure how Bellamy Brown's going to run. Dave Norris has historically run as a Democrat. Yeah. So from a Democrat primary standpoint, you got Dave Norris, a former Charlottesville mayor. You got Dave Brown, a former Charlottesville mayor. You got Katrina Coulson, Almore County School Board chairwoman currently and an attorney who collects a paycheck from the city of Charlottesville. She works for Charlottesville City. You got Deshaun Cooper um, running for this as well. He's actively involved with the Democratic Party, in particular with the young Democrats. He lives in Fifeville. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you got Bellamy Brown, who made mention last night that he was going to run. I'll read what Bellamy Brown said. To my support, this is quote from Bellamy Brown. To my supporters for Virginia's 54th, meaning the 54th district, be not concerned. This party is just getting started. I'm waiting for Department of Elections to adopt my amendment to my statement of organization. The official launch party is January 28th 
from 12 to 2 p.m. at Cardinal Hall. I mean, that's an announcement. Yeah. Would you say that's an announcement? Remember, we said last week that the scuttlebutt in the rumor mill had Bellamy Brown running. Remember? That scuttlebutt and rumor mill that we were addressing last week proved to be right. We said last year in December that what we're hearing from our insiders and sources was Dave Norris was going to run. Remember, I quoted him while he was on vacation in Ireland. And he gave us a quote to use on the show that day. And now he's running. So I'm curious of how all this shakes out. A guy who loves this stuff. You got a Democratic primary that looks like it's going to be right now Norris, Dave Norris versus Dave Brown versus Katrina Coulson versus Deshaun Cooper. Yeah. That's stiff competition. No commodities. Steel cage match. That's a steel cage match. I'm curious if Bellamy Brown is going to run as an independent or if Bellamy Brown is going to run with some kind of party affiliation. He ran as an independent for Charlottesville City Council in 2019. He ended up losing to Cena McGill, Brian Pinkston, or excuse me, Cena McGill, Michael Payne, and Lloyd Snook. Does the experience from 2019 City Council run Bellamy Brown's experience from his 2019 City Council run where he lost as an independent influence him to run with party affiliation in 2023 for House of Delegates. What's your take on that? Man, that's a tough one. I think... Because we both are in agreement that he probably would have won in 2019 if he was tied to a party, if he was tied to the Democratic Party. Would they have... I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, is that... I, I get going from uh, going from. How do I feel about what? Okay, well, I understand shifting from Republican to uh, to independent or Democrat to independent in order to better position yourself in a field like Charlottesville, where you're not gonna you're not gonna win running as a as a Republican. And I'm sure there are other districts where you couldn't win running as a Democrat. So I understand shifting to uh, to an independent to be uh, to distance yourself from from what uh, you know a place like Charlottesville clearly doesn't want, uh, at least in in the majority. But uh, don't you find it a little uh, I don't know two faced isn't quite the word, but disingenuous. Yeah, or or maybe. is that politics? You're basically saying you're basically saying this, and, and I'm trying. I'm to a Republican, but since I know I can't win as a Republican, uh, why not get uh, why not get sponsored by the Democrats and uh, and I don't, infiltrate the? I mean, if you're clearly not a Democrat, first of all, are they going to support you? Okay, there's a great, there's a great question. Will he be able to make? And, and we're talking hypothetical. We're hypothetical here. We're talking about Bellamy Brown. He's a friend of the show. In fact, Dave Norris is a friend of the show. I don't know Dave Brown that well. I don't know Katrina Coulson that well. I don't know Deshaun Cooper that well. I know Dave Norris. I know Bellamy Brown. The rumor mill also has Ned Galloway running for this seat. Ned Galloway's a good guy. I know him. Definitely. Um, 
the conversation we're having now is Bellamy Brown, who he ran for city council in 2019. He ran against Lloyd Snook, Michael Payne, and, and, and Cena McGill. He mm -hmm. lost. He ran as an independent. And I'm asking the question if Bellamy Brown will be influenced by his 2019 experience of running as an independent, and will he now, in 2023, four years later, run for Virginia delegate seat as a, with party affiliation? Would you call it a dino? <laughs> Democrat in name only? I don't, first of all, this is the question I have for you. Is it seen as, is it seen, would it be curious or head scratcher or would it be seen as disingenuous if he went from an independent to a Democrat? Or is that politics? I agree with the statement that you made if you're going from yeah. a party to independent. It's that's like, completely different. Yeah, it's like if you're shifting one, you know, one notch, that's understandable. Uh, but, uh, but completely switching to the other. I mean, some people do it because, they, because their ideologies or their belief systems change. But, uh, but just to do it to get elected... Um, Seems a little uh, seems a little too politician. Okay. okay, that's that's fair. The second part of the question is: Would the party even welcome welcome with open arms? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question by you. Because I mean, you could just say that you're a Democrat and and hope that that gets you more votes. But I would think that uh, that the uh, the goal in running as a Democrat or switching to a Republican and if the, the case were reversed, part of well, it would I don't be, think, I don't part think of it would be your... getting money from the party, right? Well, yes and no. Mainly the support of the, the machine and the party and the apparatus. And that that's, support comes that's with That's like, the money that I mean. That, that comes with the institutional knowledge, the built-in efficiencies, the, 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 the human capital, the volunteers, being on the sample ballot. I mean, being on the yeah. sample ballot is extremely important. The sample ballot that's handed to people when you arrive at a place to, to vote, you get right. a piece of paper from your party and they suggest who to vote for. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the sample ballot. Being on yeah. that's important. You know, and, and if he runs as an independent, he's not yeah. going to be on the sample ballot nobody because is. the Democrats have other people that they're trying to put into office. Yeah, nobody's pushing him. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious. If he tries to run as a Democrat, you know he's doing it to try to win. I think with the Bellamy that I know, he's going to run as an... I think he's going to... I don't know for certain. I don't know. I think he's going to make the push as an independent. If he runs as an independent, he distanced himself from the Democratic primary. This is the, pol this is the political science behind it, the political strategy. If you run as an independent, you're not in the primary. The, the primary is going to be a dogfight. You're, yeah, you're also not getting culled in the primary. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So he avoids the primary. He stays on the ticket into the general, into November. He can continue campaigning and getting his platform out there. I think we're in agreement that if he ran as an, as an R, he has no shot at winning. Very little. I'm curious if Dave Norris tries to run as an independent. 
I think the likelihood of him running as a, as a Democrat is, sli is slightly greater than him running as an in independent, Dave Morris. Curious to see what Galloway does. Very curious to see what Ned does. So you think Dave will distance himself from the, uh, from the dogfight? I mean, the, the primary, in a lot of ways, is that race. Yeah. Because that seat leans so blue, leans so left, leans so Democrat. Yeah. That's Sally's seat. And the reason that seat opened up is because Sally's going after Cree Deeds in state senate. And that's going to be a dogfight. That is going to be a dogfight. And Rob Bell's got competition. Oh, Robbie Bell's got some competition. I love it. I absolutely love it. Mm. All right, a couple things out of, uh, out of the notebook here. And then I'll get to some comments. Put your comments in the, in the, in the feed. I'll relay them live on air. Um, Joanne Mackey, I'll get to your uh, comments here very shortly. Before I get to those uh, comments, I want to um, rem remind you that the UVA men's basketball team travels to Wake Forest on Saturday. Tip-off tip -off is 2 p.m., and that game is um, airing on ESPNU. Virginia basketball looks like a, a, a different team with Vanderstash in the starting lineup. Looks like a different team with this transfer whose dad played um, college basketball with Tony Bennett in the starting lineup. He stretches the floor with his jump shooting, something Shedrick could not do. And while Vanderstash may not be nearly as good a defender as Shedrick, I mean, Shedrick was a great defender. He's a great shot blocker. He's a great rebounder. He protects the paint really well. He's athletic. He can jump. He's longer and taller than Vanderstash. Vanderstash, his value proposition, his value is what he does offensively with his jump shooting and stretching the floor. And Tony Bennett has said that carries a little more weight than Shedrick's defensive ability and defensive advantage over Vanderstash. And I agree with Coach Bennett. This team looks completely different. 2 o'clock, ESPNU, Saturday. Virginia Cavaliers are back in action. Um, all right, comments. Um, Vanessa Parkhill says, Bellamy Brown is a smart man. He could definitely be successful as an independent. I, I, I think Bellamy Brown is a rock star as well, mm -hmm. Vanessa Parkhill. And I think, I don't want to speak for Judah, but I believe he uh, feels the same. Definitely. Agreed. I read this live on air. I'm going to also tag Bellamy. Actually, I can't on that one. Um, Vanessa Parkhill, I agree 100% with you. She also says the community might be better off if everyone ran as an independent. It would force voters to investigate the candidates more and actually listen to their ideas instead of just picking a party. Unfortunately, politics don't really run that way today. Today, much money tied to po uh, parties and politics. I like it. I would, I would love if everyone ran as an independent. Yeah. That's not going to happen. But she's, I would absolutely love it. Because if everyone did that, I think we would have a greater level of engagement in local races. Joanne Mackey is the queen of Keswick. Welcome back to the show, Joanne Mackey. A lot, of, a lot of respect and props for you, Joanne Mackey. She says, I go to Stonefields for dining, and the last movie I saw there was Top Gun Maverick. 
She does not think the closing of the movie theater will be very impactful. She would like to see dining, dining expansion in that spot. She says the reason she dines there more and does not care for the downtown mall lately um, is, I would imagine, the parking and the safety. She's heading to uh, Burton's this weekend. What's the best use for that space? What does, see, what does the Central Virginia area need that could fill 65,000 square feet in Stonefield? I mean, that space is, mo- is monstrous. I still, stick, I still stick with what I suggested yesterday. You get... I'd love a swap meet. <laughs> you get the movie theater and you convert it into go-kart racing or bumper cars, a trampoline or jump park, mini golf, maybe an arcade... Top golf, where you can hit some, rip some golfs. But who's gonna, who's gonna build that? Who's gonna put the money in for all that? I mean, uh, Jump Seville, I've heard is Jump Seville sold. It was previously subpar. owned by ACAC. It's now been purchased by a a corporate out of market trampoline and jump company, and mm-hmm. they've they're unfortunately not running the business very well. That's what my, my sister took my, my niece there and said that uh, uh, my niece had much more fun at, uh, at the Virginia Discovery Museum, here down, right here downtown. That place is awesome, Virginia Discovery Museum in the downtown mall. We've taken our oldest son there many times. It's pretty awesome. It's, got, it's a very good sensory experience where you can do stuff with hands. They got like a, a, a makeshift, I think it's a Panera Bread, all the way in the back. Have you gone in there? I think I heard about that. Where she there's had like a fun, cash register. She had fun making sandwiches and yeah. stuff. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Catherine Lochner, who's run for Albemarle County School Board <coughs> and often comments on our show. Catherine offers good comments on the show. She says, turn the movie theater into a con- convention center. Convention center, we need a convention center in this area. I will say this, Catherine, and I appreciate the suggestion. The University of Virginia is building a conference convention center with its new um, hotel on Ivy Road. So we will have a conference and convention center coming here shortly, and I think this market is not large enough to accommodate two convention centers, but that is a good suggestion. Bob Yarborough says, seems like a perfect setup for a casino. Too bad it's illegal. No windows or clocks anywhere like you see in casinos. That's a good suggestion. Would love a casino in Charlottesville. I, frankly, I thought Charlottesville and Almar County would be a phenomenal place for one of the casino licenses that we've seen go to southwestern Virginia mm-hmm. or the Richmond area. A casino with the level of wealth that is in Central Virginia, the fact that it has a UVA in Central Virginia, and the fact that it has this like emerging tech scene, Silicon Valley scene in Central Virginia, a casino would be uber popular. You don't feel the same way about a casino that you did about the... Uh, I knew you were going to bring that up. The, the slot slots. machines in Prime 109. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. This, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious. Because that's a fair comment. It's essentially the same thing. You're... Uh, you talk about you talk about wealthy people, and yes, they certainly do have the money to toss around and lose. Uh, but uh, I would imagine. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm I would sorry imagine you're going to have as much uh, as I mean as uh, uh, 
the the ratio of you know rich people to poor people, it, you're going to see the same thing going in and coming out of a, out of a casino if they put one up there. And uh, how is uh, how is that any different from the one armed bandit stealing, you know, stealing money from the people that uh, that can't afford to lose it? Your comment is fair and irritated me, but it's fair. I mean, it's just a question. My issue with the Prime 109 slot machines that went viral and I caught heat for, tremendous heat. I mean, still, I think, till this day, Mitch Behrens, who was one of the owners of Prime 109, is pissed off at me. Um, My issue with the slot machines. It's on the mall was the clandestine nature of how it was managed and handled. It was kept super DL, super hush-hush, super sketch. My issue with that was the location, the downtown mall. The casino should not be on the downtown mall, the epicenter of Charlottesville City. That's not what Charlottesville's brand should be, and if it was on the downtown mall, that would be part of the brand image and the brand equity of Charlottesville, a casino. Okay, my issue was infrastructure, and my issue was frankly the type of gambling. Slot machine gambling, like those slot machines we see at gas stations, those, that's predatory gambling. Have you ever been to a casino? That kind of gambling preys on folks on the financial margin that may not be the most sophisticated when it comes to education. Table games in a casino, a proper casino, are much more about entertainment and date night and dinner and dance and music and fun. And, 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 and table games offer a different climate than a slot machine emporium. And that was a slot machine emporium on the downtown mall. Well, I'm that was the, not a casino. I'm going to say the same thing you said to me. That's fair, but... I don't know. I just uh, you're saying that you know a a couple could go to the casino, uh, decide that they're gonna just have some fun with fifty bucks, and know that they're gonna blow it. Uh, you know, playing playing craps or or blackjack or whatever else. Uh, whereas somebody you know somebody that can't afford it might just go in and keep pumping all their money into a slot machine until it's all gone. Um, but, the ga- but, but the gas station slot machine casinos are just as bad. I mean, no. you're talking you're talking about no Viewers wi- and listeners. you're talking about no windows so that you can't tell what time it is. You've you've got uh, you've got servers that bring you Have you ever been to a, a Caesars casino? No, I've never I've I've only been to a well Have you ever been to like a New Orleans casino, a Las Vegas casino, a Lake Tahoe casino, like a casino? This is very much an experience. Yes, they have gambling, but it's an experience. The slot machines at the gas stations. My sister's marketing director of a casino. Okay, okay. The slot machines at the gas stations. That's what Prime 109 had. They had dozens and dozens of those slot machines that you see at the gas stations. And those things were popular during COVID because every Tom, Dick, and Harry was trying to drive revenue and figure, figure out a way to keep their business alive. And people gamble, and they gamble in a recession, and evidently they gamble during a pandemic. Those slot machines prey on 
the financial margin and folks that lack educational sophistication. They're, they're predatory gambling. It's very different than, than what you see in a Caesars. And, and, and viewers and to, listeners are that are watching... How? What's that? Are you going to explain how I it's different? I thought I did. No, you just said it's predatory. It's predatory because all it is is sitting in front of a screen, mesmerized by flashy lights and noises and bells and whistles, and pumping money into the machine for the shot of a very long shot victory. Where but, a casino but, itself, a casino itself is more about the experience. It's more about a date night. It's more about, it's like going to a theme park. It's like going to the movie theater. It's like going to putt-putt or bowling. It's so an experience. So basically you're saying the difference is that in... Sorry, sorry. The difference is that one of them, you know that you're getting fleeced. The other one, people are too dumb to know they're getting fleeced. The casino concept, people are going... To the casino for the sake of enjoying themselves and having fun and, 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 and doing something on a night, doing something on a night out or a day out. But it's got slots too, and there are people that just sit there and, uh, and feed the machine. Yeah, and, and that scenario, you're right. In that scenario, you're right. And I'm just saying, it's proven that it's a different type of gambler in a different type of makeup and mindset, the table game versus the slot machine gambler. Yeah. Certainly the slot machines that are hidden in the back of a gas station. Um, Janice Boyce Trevelyan says the casino was added to a mall that was family oriented and ruined it. So yeah, Vanessa there, Parkle, there I would love to see this too. Vanessa Parkle says, I'd love to see the theater property in Stonefield offer a variety of family-friendly activities. As you've discussed, our market is pretty saturated with adult activities like breweries. I agree with that. I think something that's like a jump trampoline park combined with like top golf or mini golf or a driving range that's digital, like golf simulation of some, some capacity, bumper cars or a go-kart track, like some kind of bounce trampoline thing, an arcade, and then three or four food, three or four brands of food having like food stalls, like a food hall. Yeah, like Sparrow and... Yeah, that would crush it there. There's not a lot of stuff to do for kids. Yeah. There's not a lot of stuff to do for children. We're talking like 15 and under in Central Virginia, if you think about it. There's not a lot of stuff. Um, Dave and Buster's is a home run there Kevin Higgins says uh, Catherine Lochner try to put it in perspective I mean she says they're, they are all predatory it doesn't matter black tie or jeans or Dixie cup they are all <laughs> predatory the results are the same yeah I think what Jerry's arguing is that uh, at one place, you know what you're getting into. At another, uh, that's what I'm the people arguing. aren't sophisticated enough to realize that they're going to lose whatever they put in the machine. Kevin Higgins says one requires a degree of skill, the other does not. 
That's true. But the house is always stacked against you, no but matter where you are. But some games, the house is stacked less against you. Like, if you want to beat the house, go to the craps table and, and play nothing but the pass line. Or, or, or focus primarily on blackjack. Yeah. Stay away from the slots. Right. But some people get mesmerized by the pretty lights and the bells and whistles. I mean, it's like, it's a video crack. It's the same thing with our phones and social media. Before yeah. you know it, how many times are you just scrolling down social media and, and, and you know, reading something online or on social media or on your phone and you've lost 20 minutes of your life? I mean, it happens to all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Joy and Mackie loves a uh, casino idea over there. Um, Bob Yarborough suggests laser tag. Bob Yarborough also says casinos generate multiplier income, jobs, taxes, hotel reservations, eating and restaurants. There's some, va- there's some entertainment value. Performers, straight up slot machines and gas stations provide none of that. That's damn good. That's fantastic. Yeah, All definitely. Right. There's I a difference saw... between casinos and slot machines and gas stations. Casinos generate multiplier income, jobs, taxes, hotel reservations, eating, restaurants, Musical performers, entertainment value, yeah. slot machines and gas stations provide none of that. Said it better than I could, Bobby Yarborough, King of Redfields. There's your answer right there. Yeah. You give me that? You my give me that? Oh, yeah, definitely. My sister, like I said, my sister's a, a marketing, the marketing, marketing director of a casino. Uh, we should get her on the talk show. Can, when you, can I, you get her on the show? I went to, I went to California one time for, I, don't, I forget what it was. Christmas or something or other, and uh, got to see Kenny Loggins there. Kenny Loggins, ooh. Yeah, it was great. What's the most iconic Kenny Loggins song? Uh, I mean, there's Danger Zone, but then there's also... Oh, then, then there's also Zone. Then there's also uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That is... Uh, that's, a, that's a classic. And he's got, an, a, he's got a, a great story about that song, too. Can you tell us the story? Uh, I wish I could do it justice. I think uh, I think he his girlfriend at the time that he was writing the song. Her father worked for Disney, and he basically she basically got him in to uh, uh, to play the song for her dad. And you and know. the next thing you know, it's the Winnie the Pooh song. Yeah, that's a pretty iconic song. Yeah, no doubt. Um, did he? Did Kenny Loggins sing Footloose? I'm pretty sure he did play Footloose while we were there. He played a lot of great songs. I mean, songs that I I wasn't even uh, all that aware of. That uh, I was just like, damn. Um, Jennifer Nunley Hux says we for sure need more activities, businesses for our youth, including teenagers. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, multiple people on the feed are asking for you to sing the chorus of Danger Zone. Can you sing the chorus of Danger Zone? I'm seeing that all over the feed can, right now. I can do, Will you sing I can the, do chorus? the Archer version. Will you sing the chorus of Danger, Danger Zone? Danger Zone. No, come on. Sing it. Uh, you, are you going to sing it with me? I, you brought it up. Um, okay, it's, I'll you give asked. you what the chorus is. It's Highway to the Danger, danger Zone. Ride into the Danger Zone. Revving up your engine, listening to her howl and roar. I'm just Metal do- under tension, begging you to go touch and go. <laughs> Highway to the danger zone. That was awesome. Danger zone. That was great. <laughs> Excellent you. work. Give you some props. Judah Wickhauer 
Showing the outgoing side. I like it. Thank you. Kenny Loggins. That was good. Good job. Thank you. Very well done. Chad Wood is cracking me up. He's, Chad Wood on one of these Facebook pages is zinging Kevin Higgins left and right. I, love, I think it's funny. Um, a smaller version of dairy market, like uh, a food hall combined with activities for kids. Yeah. That would crush. Bob Yarborough says Archer would be proud, Judah. Thank you. Do you want ants? This is how you get ants. Uh, Archer's a great character. Why do you like Archer so much? Why? I mean, if, I, if you have to explain it, uh, if you've never watched the show, I don't know how I could explain it to you, but he's like... Uh, this, is the, this is the cartoon, right? Yeah. I mean, he's... I just tagged you in the Yarborough post so you can respond to him. People want you to engage with them in the comments more often. You should do that post-show. Okay. Engage with them. Scott Aaronworth said you better have the poster ready for him, and he wants it signed for when he visits. Exact words. Uh, which poster is that going to be? <laughs> the life-size poster. I know, but I say we, we, we could have a line of them. Like me dressed up as Archer. Me dressed up as, uh, as uh, uh, Maverick. Tom Cruise? Yeah, Danger Zone. Okay, there you go. <sighs> All right, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts, go out and see the uh, Wienermobile. Uh, this oh, weekend. we should talk about that. I've seen the Oscar Mayer um, Wienermobile around. I've got some, uh, I've got a few uh, facts about it. You got a few facts about the Oscar, Oscar Mayer Wienermobile? Yeah. I'm extremely disappointed to find out that you cannot get hot dogs by visiting the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. It has six seats inside. But what do you think they call the? Uh, what do you? What do you? What do you say? Is this a hot dog joke? What do you? No, kind of. What do you say when you want the the best seat that's not the driver's seat? What do you say when you? Basically, you're saying the shotgun seat. What do you say when you want the shotgun seat in the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile? Yeah. Um, tell me. Shot bun. What is it? Shot bun. Shot bun. <laughs> that is such a dad joke. That is a terrible, terrible, terrible dad I didn't, joke. I didn't make it up. And you're al- not a dad. That's a dad joke. There's also one about the, uh, the sunroof, which is fairly predictable. What's the sunroof one? Bun roof. Oh, a bun roof? That is even worse of a dad <laughs> I know. joke. I saw, uh, it, I saw it next but, to UVA Grounds um, yesterday. The Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. I saw... Wiener Mobile. Can you think of anything else that's more iconic with its branding than that? I, a few things come to mind for me. Ronald McDonald of McDonald's. Yeah, I was just going to say stuff like that. But. Yeah. But Ronald McDonald's not mobile. <clears throat> yeah. What mobile branding is more iconic than the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile? Yeah, I don't Something know. that's mobile. Can you think of anything? The Goodyear Blimp, which you see above sporting events. Yeah. The Goodyear Blimp I'd put on there. Yeah. What else that's mobile? Mm. I mean, the Blue Angels, the Jets that do those tricks. Yeah. That's iconic, the Blue Angels. Yeah. They're. I, 
they're mobile, but uh, it's not like they just go flying around. No, I know. They have limitations. Um, so this is good. The uh, Oscar Mayer Wienermobile is 64 hot dogs long. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's a good one. And there more is... More hot dog facts? One okay. more. One more. Fine, There's fine. a mini Wienermobile called the Wiener Mini. Built in 2008 by Mini Cooper. <laughs> He's laughing at his own jokes over here. They're not my jokes. They're just facts. Oh, just the facts, God. ma'am. Catherine Lochner says the LL Bean boot. Yeah. Kevin Higgins says, personally, I'm terrified of the Wiener Mobile and refuse to associate with anyone that goes to see it. Well. Um, Carol Thorpe says, we got to sing the Wiener song. <laughs> Chad Wood says the Wienermobile was in a wreck earlier. I never sausage a thing in my life, and Frank, it was the worst. Groan. (laughs) (laughs) Joanne Mackey says the American flag, iconic branding. That's certainly very iconic branding. But is it mobile? Not mobile. Um, All right, that's the Friday show. Thought you did great today. The uh, Judah Wickhauer that sung uh, the chorus to Danger Zone was dynamite. That Judah Wickhauer adds to the show's dynamic. I like that Judah Wickhauer when we're on the show. All right. Okay. That's good to know. That's all I got. Um, All right. I love Siebel Show on a weekend, Um, right before a weekend. Keep your money in the community and support the businesses that are local and owned by friends and neighbors and family and, and, and the folks that you see walking around town. That's how um, the locally owned businesses are going to survive what is undoubtedly some very challenging economic times. Please keep it local. For Judah Wickhauer, my name is Jerry Miller, and this is the I Love Seabull Show. See you guys. Because that can be broad. Yeah. It doesn't just have to.